Hi, I'm Chris Mount from Lux Coastal Property Buyers. Today, I have a special guest, Louisa Blanner-Hassett from CBRE Sunshine Coast. Um, she's been in the commercial real estate sector for 16 years. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you could join us for this podcast, but you're also joining us for an event um, down in Hastings Street on the property market, and yeah. you'll be providing incredible insights into the commercial market at that event. Yes in the first week of October. So thank you again, again for that. Um, you obviously have a really strong passion for real estate. You've been in the industry 16 years. But firstly, before we get into that, how did you land on the Sunshine Coast with your family? Um, so basically my husband and I've always wanted to live in the Sunshine Coast hinterland. We've always found that's been the perfect balance of sort of being on a farm and close to the beach. And so we bought a property uh, about 12 years ago in the hinterland um, and stayed working in Brisbane. There was nothing on the property. It was just 100 acres of dirt. Um, and both working in Brisbane and the building that I was working for, uh, working on was actually sold. So um, after 10 years with one employer, I was given the opportunity of either redundancy or move over to the new owner. And um, we took the opportunity to um, move to the Sunshine Coast with the family. So best thing we ever did. So how many children do you have? Four. Yeah, four boys. Four boys. So it's pretty inspirational um, to have a, such a successful career in commercial property as well as having a really large family. Um, I'm so glad that you can also balance it out being here on the Sunshine Coast with yes. lifestyle yeah. as well as great success. So you know, hats off to you, really. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as it keeps being fun, that's important. Look, I really, you're such a, um, an expert in the commercial industrial space. Would you like to just share with our listeners um, your top three commercial precincts in the Sunshine Coast? Because a lot of people think of Noosa and the Sunshine Coast. They don't immediately think of Maroochydore, where your office is. But what would sort of the macro view from your perspective? So I think from an investment point of view, if we were to break it down into three main areas, you've got Maroochydore. Um, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail later, but huge amount of development in the Maroochydore CBD area. Um, and I think there's some really great opportunities in and around that area to um, be a part of the growth, I suppose, of, of one of the fastest growing cities in Australia. Um, so Maroochydore is certainly going to be top of the list. Um, interestingly, a space that I don't deal particularly heavily in, but I do have an interest in it, is industrials. So um, especially in the last two years, Sunshine Coast has been really very tightly constrained in the industrial space. Um, that said, we've still been getting really great results. Um, so I think we've got very tight supply, very strong demand, and there's the opportunity for some really good investment um, on the coast and then finally as you mentioned Noosa um, so a lot of investors especially um, from outside of Noosa and within Noosa get really shocked at the 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 pricing and the yields that we achieve in Noosa um, I believe in that market very strongly um, obviously live up in that area but when it comes down to the crunch there is no more land in Noosa um, there is some really strong investment fundamentals up there. We've got really strong demand for retail space and industrial space, especially. Um, so yeah, despite the, the the high pricing and the tight yields, I still see that as really strong um, investment space. Yeah. So you've touched on lots of things there, and I think you know if you do divide it, you have you know the Richard or CBD, the the 
first greenfield CBD in Australia. Yeah. So um, we'll touch on that again a little bit later. Industrial. For people who aren't familiar with industrial real estate, that normally happens in in the background. It doesn't yes. really often touch residential users. So unless you're actually in supply chain or in businesses that need industrial, you don't really notice it. Mm. I would say with the change with COVID and the lack of housing up here, the lack of industrial has touched the individuals mm. from, um, you know, because people move up here and they want to rent first before they buy, mm. but they've got nowhere to store their furniture. That's right. And it could be as simple as I've um, moved from Melbourne or Sydney and I need to put my things in storage. Well, you have to actually leave it in storage down in those states. Mm. And when you get the removalist to come, you've got to get the timing. They have to go to um, Brisbane mm. to store furniture, even for a couple of weeks yeah. before it actually enters your home if you need that storage um, time because there's just no available storage. The other thing with um, that we've seen with interst- interstate migration is people with small to medium businesses moving to the coast for lifestyle. Um, and maybe being a little bit caught out by the fact that they can't just go and get an industrial property to, for their business. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really, really tightened. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a great yeah. indicator of a strong market, but it's certainly a challenge that we need to deal with going yeah. forward. Yeah. So from a town planning perspective, in order to meet business needs and consumer needs, we need to have more industrial land. Correct, yeah. And, you know... The infrastructure spend pre-COVID was already occurring in the Sunshine Coast. It was the highest per capita in Australia. But what we're seeing now is like new sort of potential rail links and road links as well, which is, is that releasing a bit of land to the industrial sector? Is it something that needs town planning approval for rezoning or...? There's definitely some town planning challenges around it. Um, and, you know, it's it's certainly something that needs to be worked on. Um, in terms of the rail links and public transport, that is with the growth that we've had, obviously our road network is struggling and going to continue to. So it's something that I see very important. Um, but yeah, from the industrial side, we've, we're probably seeing pockets open up to the south of the coast along the Bruce Highway. And maybe some of those businesses having to travel a bit further, so to sort of Northern Brisbane to be able to satisfy, especially the larger requirements. Um, and the thing is, some of these are Sunshine Coast businesses that are born and bred on the Sunshine Coast and have had, had huge growth and they want to stay here, but they simply can't find the space for, um, to house their business. So um, we don't want to lose them because they're big employers and they're great for the region. So, so something that has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the price of industrial um, from... I suppose you can look at it from a yield perspective comparatively to Australia, but also, you know, rates per square metre of land. I am... Um, had a client who wanted to buy industrial up here. They had a certain profile, which meant they had to buy at a certain price. Mm-hmm. Um, we soon discovered, A, the land was not available and it certainly wasn't at that pricing. So that business model particularly didn't stack up. Mm. But um, you've recently been marketing a property in Nooseville, yeah, so. um, some um, 6,000 square metres of industrial land. Did you have much demand for that? Huge. So... One of the things I always say is everybody knows Noosa, but nobody knows Noosa Industrial. So the Noosa Industrial Pocket is not huge, but it's very tightly held. Um, And so the opportunity for 6,000 square metres of industrial land was pretty unusual. Um, We had well over 100 inquiries on that property from here, there and everywhere, overseas, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Gold Coast, a few local. 
um, and also really mixed in terms of owner occupiers and developers. Yeah. Um, so we're working through that process at the moment, um, but the way it's looking, it'll certainly be record pricing by far. So. Yeah. And you, you're exactly spot on when you're saying there's no development land mm. available. Um, I've driven around that industrial estate, not just for the breweries yes. <laughs> that have popped up, <laughs> but from a property perspective. Yeah. And it's just su- such limited mm. opportunity to secure, secure space. Mm. And they've recently built some new industrial buildings on the Bunning side. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that, that they were snapped up before mm. they were even built. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No. And especially for those sort of larger users, we don't want to lose those. Yeah. Um, and in a place like Noosa, um, council is quite stringent on making sure that we do keep our industrial space. So, as you said, there are a number of breweries. There's self storage. Um, that that's all limited because we still need to have those larger users. Um, but yeah, for for a new one coming in or for someone to grow, it's very very difficult to be able to do it and stay in the Noosa postcode. Yeah. And then you've got industrial places like in Kuroi as well. Yeah, Kuroi, Coolum. Yeah. Oh, and most of the growth has been sort of south of Caloundra. Yeah. So. Um, but they're 100% almost occupied now, isn't there? There's no yeah. land in those. Yeah, it's pretty limited in yeah. all of those as well. So. Yeah. Another big industrial area is Kunda Park near yes. Maroochydore. Yeah. Yeah. So any opportunities there? Look, there's always sort of smaller um infill sites and you know properties changing hands but yeah no no new land releases or or large scale releases of any sort at this stage so yeah so you know industrial used to be a really high yielding investment the yields have dropped comparatively to other um investment sectors like you know retail and commercial the gap isn't as big as what it used to be yeah um how do you see the yields for industrial property on the Sunshine Coast, say, versus other places in Australia, like Melbourne or Sydney? Well, one of the um, things that we did see during COVID was buyers from Sydney, Melbourne coming to the coast chasing a yield, but um, it, it forced the pricing up and the yields down. Um, we still, we're still achieving strong results. Yeah. Um, in Caloundra, our office is still getting sort of 5% and low fives. Yeah. Um, so it's... At the end of the day, with, in, with commercial property in general, but particularly industrial property, if you've got a good tenant, you've got a good lease, and you're in an environment where you have very limited supply and strong demand, it doesn't really matter where your investment is. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's in the centre of Melbourne or in Sunshine Coast. Um, so, you know, if someone can get a 5% yield here and they're still chasing fours in Melbourne, it's a pretty strong prospect, so... Yeah. So it's the fundamentals that you need to look at. Mm. And then what are the fundamentals, the economic fundamentals in that area? And I think you've already touched on limited supply. It's always Mm. the supply and demand curve. But what's coming online further down the track is also limited because of the lack of land that's actually zoned for Mm. industrial purposes. So a big town planning issue there. So um, before we get on to more talking about sort of Maroochydore CBD, you're a woman in commercial real estate for 16 years. Yes. So how did you land in that, in the sector? Because I've been in commercial real estate myself. I've also worked at CVRE um, when I was in Singapore. Um, it is a typically a male-dominated industry. So what attracted you to the so sector? So I started out actually in a marketing role, which at the time the marketing roles in commercial were entirely women. Um, and 
it didn't take me long to figure out that marketing was not my bag, that I was more of a black and white kind of person and needed to maybe work with numbers. So I sort of moved over slowly into asset management and then into um, agency. Um, look, I've always been surrounded by really supportive, great colleagues. Um, but one of the things that does frustrate me a little bit is I think that women typically aren't attracted to the industry because it's foreign to them or, you know, Everybody buys and I say everybody, lots of people buy and sell houses and it tends to be an emotional decision. Um, and I think those property fundamentals and those numbers scare people off coming into commercial. Um, but it's actually, it's not all that scary once you're in it and doing it. Yeah. Um, so no, I really enjoy it. Um, and, you know, from a personal perspective too, commercial, the commercial world is a Monday to Friday world, so I still get my weekends on the coast. So. Busy children, yeah, which is right. a really good balance. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think, um, you know, women have typically been attracted to finance, yeah. um, accounting, and then also funds management, yeah. but not so much the agency roles. Mm. And I think it's maybe it's been a very masculine energy yeah. that sort of they've gone, oh, I don't know if I want to operate in that space. But that is also shifting, which it is... It is shifting. Inc- yeah. And, you know, these incredible. things do take a bit of time. But, yeah, um, yeah it's it's certainly... Um, I'm in the middle of change, I feel, at the moment with that. So yeah. I think we're going to see more and more women in yeah. commercial property yeah. um, over the next few years. Yeah. So. And it's great to see you supporting that change, yeah, you know, absolutely. in the yeah. industry yeah. as well. Um. Because it is an exciting industry. I love it. Like, oh, I love right. property. I always have. Yeah, me too. And whether it's, um, like, I am started in residential real estate. Um, this is back in the 1990s. Mm. It's because we were coming out of a recession. Yes. And it was very hard to get work in valuations at the time. So I thought, oh, I'll go into sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And, and the market just started picking up sort of like six months in and I loved, I loved sales. Mm. And then I... Then I started using my degree later, went into the investment world, but I'm back doing residential, which I love as well. I love having those conversations with people, you know, about what's driving their decision. But um, referred work comes to me in the commercial sector. So I get to play in both camps. And I do love the commercial, the business side. Yeah. Or, you know, going into industrial, it's crazy, going into industrial um, estates and finding out what they do there you yeah, know what these right. small businesses yeah. do you know sometimes oh, it's great yeah, yeah it's like things that you never never knew existed mm. um and the huge number of success stories that i come across every day yeah from, i because i like finding out people's stories so um you know you go in to lease or sell a property and find out what someone's done with their business and how they got to where they are and it's it's really fascinating just seeing the engine room what's going on in the background of our little towns and cities everywhere yeah, yeah. and there's so much business intelligence out there that's what it, like people start these businesses I'm like how did you even know that niche existed yeah, you know right. like yeah, yeah. you yeah, might be making a component or yes. you know importing a component for a much bigger piece or yeah. Yes, that's quite, quite incredible. So um, you've, you've spoken a bit about um, some changes that we, we, we've seen or interesting sectors. Post-COVID, or we're still mm. emerging from COVID, how, what sort of trends are you seeing emerging? So COVID for the Sunshine Coast was pretty crazy. So I saw a huge amount of um, interstate migration. Um, and obviously, as we all know, price booms like everywhere else in the country but ours was across commercial and residential as well um, and you've obviously got the work from home 
side of it. Um, we saw a lot of, and even just personally through my school networks and friends, I've met a lot of Victorians and Sydney siders that have come up here who are still working for their employer in Victoria while living in Noosa. And they, you know, a few of them sort of already thought they'd like to move to Noosa one day and it gave them the opportunity to do it sooner rather than later. So those trends are all there. It'd be really interesting to see how that evolves over the next few years and whether these people are all going to stay or whether eventually they go back. I mean, typically um, wages on the Sunshine Coast are lower, so whether some of them get lured back to to those more metro areas, it's just going to be really fascinating to find out. Um, If they can navigate a hybrid workplace, whether they're they're willing to go back to the cities on a regular basis, Mm. which... um, it, I can see it working yeah. because you get the lifestyle, but you also then get the city fix or yeah, right. you know, for your corporate job. And yeah. if you, um, you know, look, I've lived in Singapore in a regional role and it wasn't uncommon to be jumping on a plane to mm. go to different countries, yeah. whereas Australia is so big, well, you're just going to another capital city. And yeah, I think right. it's very doable. It's yeah. just a, a mind shift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that definitely is accelerating and I'm hoping it is to stay, you know, here yeah. to stay. Yeah. yeah. So with um, that, all that change, um, with new people shining a light on the, you know, the Sunshine Coast, have you seen the ownership structures changing? Like you recently sold, marketed a property, the Vitality Village Health. Yes. Um, so this is something that I've certainly noticed since moving to the coast. Um, a lot of the larger properties that I've sold or in the process of um, you really see the buyer profile changing. So there's obviously been a lot of highly successful people on the Sunshine Coast. A lot of those are maybe heading towards retirement age and wanting to divest. And what I'm seeing is a lot of these sales are going to interstate or institutional style of buyers. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that buyer, the ownership profile is changing. And, you know, in an easy way to put it, I like to say that Sunshine Coast is sort of growing up in yep. a way yep. um so yes it's a it's a trend that i noticed very early on in moving up here um and as you gave the example of vitality village we're marketing that at the moment um that's been a collaboration between a sunshine coast business and a sunshine coast developer um, both very successful local businesses and the majority of the interest that we have from the buyer side has been um larger national groups private and public sort of institutional investors and international sort of overseas funds as well so totally different type of owner to what we're currently dealing with so it's just it's a fascinating sort of time to be involved and to to see that change yeah no it is a fascinating time so what sort of um rental income was that property generating uh that was sort of just under two mil so 1.1 1.915 um of income so Yeah, and it's um, part of the Sunshine Coast Health Hub, a health precinct. Um, so it's right near the public and private hospitals. Um, and that health precinct in itself is the biggest health infrastructure project in Australia. Um, this, the Sunshine Coast Hospital is a huge um, employer and driver of growth for the coast. So that obviously, being in the health space, also um, brought a lot of interest from outside of local area yeah so this area has like the largest health precinct in australia mm-hmm. and it's still growing yeah so we have um both the hospital and the university there yep. um then all the allied health yeah and another cbd building that's 
totally dedicated to allied health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got the development of the Maroochydore CBD. Yes. Um, so when we talk about a greenfield site, it's actually being built on a golf course. Um, usually when you, it's Australia's first greenfield site, normally when they're built overseas, say in India and China, they actually build the CBD and then the population comes to surround it. Mm. On the Sunshine Coast, it already has the population around mm. it. And, and then we had this golf course right in the middle of Maroochydore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We picked it up and moved it. Yeah. So I think, I mean, you, you've described this to me in the past, like, you know, Sunshine Coast is growing up from a commercial perspective. It was like a collection of small townships. Yes. Like focusing on tourism and yes. construction. Yeah. But this... CBD is giving it a focus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the CBD is certainly providing some huge opportunities for the region. So um, they've brought through the third undersea broadband cable to Sunshine Coast, which gives us internet security, which is a huge thing. So off the back of that, being able to attract um, some of the major technology companies that sort of those sort of users into the CBD. Um, So what we've seen is the buildings that are sort of under construction or already built have been fully occupied before they've been finished, yep. um, fully tenanted. So there's what's obviously... What size tenancies are being offered? Oh, it's a real mix, but there's sort of... Typically on the coast, you, there's not a whole lot of tenants over 1,000 a, a square metres, but we're seeing more of that come... And we can supply... I mean, we can supply brand-new office buildings to big users now, which is something we've not been able to do before. So yeah. it's, it's an exciting time. And with that... In the CBD, you've also got residential apartments that are fully sold before they've finished or sold off the plan. So you've got a hotel, you've got council chambers, so it's really growing this community. Um, the restaurants in there trade really well, have great reputation. So, yeah, it's it's, it's certainly an exciting project and um, going to be really exciting over the next few years to see how that grows and then with the Olympics, um, further infrastructure coming through there. So... Yeah. So I've heard, you know, with the Olympics that's coming up in 2032, that projects like the Convention Centre may not have gone ahead, but now they're considering, well, can that be used in the Olympics and will that sort of bring forward construction in the CBD? Mm. And also funding for infrastructure projects like the railway link between Brisbane to Maroochydore, that's had federal funding. I think they're still discussing at a state level what that will look like. Mm. But that say a railway link direct Brisbane to that CBD with different stops along the way mm. is going to open up so probably more suburbs and Absolutely. more demand. Absolutely, and also open up some more density closer to those stations and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, there's, there's so many positives um, for, for the rail eventually when, whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very exciting, the opportunities that we're going to be able to have up here and it's interesting when I first, when we first looked at living up here, in my mind, my kids were going to grow up and go to university or, you know, if they do choose to uni, go to university in Brisbane. And in the last five years, I look at it and go, well, they're going to have every opportunity on the Sunshine Coast yeah. now. Yeah. By the time they're, they're still only a little, another 10 years, yeah. um, they're not going to have to go away for that. Um, and even, you know, my, my friends my age, they all went to school in Brisbane because... Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that level of education here and now that's changed. So it's, it's a pretty short period of time really to see yeah. huge growth. Yeah. So, I mean, this, the quality of schools is always front of mind 
for mm. parents and also the variety of schools because mm. not one size fits every yeah. child. Um, and that's what I've heard has been a real um, emergence in development. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was just speaking to Brent Higgins from Ray White and he's touching on the same thing yeah. as well. Yeah, as definitely. You can see coming from strength to strength. Um, so if we're speaking about trends, um, co-working, mm. um, beforehand, before COVID, there probably weren't that many co-working spaces on the coast. Have you seen that increased or the demanding? Yeah, there's certainly, I mean, the coast has always had quite a strong, <coughs> excuse me, um, industry for small business, creative industries. Um, so I think if it were or weren't for COVID, that was going to grow anyway. Yeah. Um, especially Noosa in particular, but there's a lot of small creative industries that work together anyway. So for them to be able to co-work in one space, just it's going to, it was a natural progression. Um, but yeah, obviously with people working from home, there's been a bit of a growth in that area as well. So we've got, and we've got a lot of the different styles of co-working space up here which is what you see in the cities as well with the, all the different models and and yeah we've got that opportunity up here now as well yeah. well um, i think um that really gives us a fantastic overview of what's happening um Maruchidor, noosa yep. sunshine coast so mm-hmm. i want to say thank you for your time And I really look forward to sort of doing a deeper dive on some of these topics um, on Wednesday, the 5th of October at our property event. So thank you very much. Thanks very much, Louisa. Thanks.